Good morning, everyone. City Manager Rory Watt has come down from City Hall to join us this morning. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Happy uh, sunny Friday. It's great. So how far is that $6 million going to get us towards a new hall, do you figure? Uh, $6.3 million the Assembly appropriated the other night. Uh, that's that's, a, that's a, a good chunk of money. Uh, I think our current estimates for the project are around $40 million. Uh, we'll be uh, working on an ordinance that would put a ballot question uh, for the voters on the October ballot whether to authorize uh, debt for that. So it's, a, it's a, another step in a long process. And what, why is funding for current renovations to City Hall still on the table? Uh, so if, if the Assembly or the voters uh, aren't persuaded by the argument uh, and the logic uh, that I presented for a new City Hall, uh, we're going to have to renovate the old one. Uh, it's 70 years old. Uh, part of the building started its life as a fire station. Uh, it needs a lot of work. And we had a listener pose a question regarding the mural and what might be the fate of it when the new building, if there is a new building, what might that happen to the mural? Uh, yeah, either way, that's a good question. So the, so the mural was painted by uh, Bill Ray, I think in the 80s. Um, it's kind of on a stucco facade uh, and it's starting to fail, actually. We've had to repair a couple sections um, at at some point the mural is going to have to come down because it's uh it's you know think like uh, chicken wire and a thin layer of cement with a mural painted on the top of it and that chicken wire cement is kind of delaminating from the wall and starting to crack um, uh, so what we did some years ago is we took very high quality photos of that mural to kind of preserve it uh, you know so people that piece of art will live on electronically uh, but at, at some point, uh, the mural will reach its end of life. Uh, nothing is forever. Mm -hmm. Well, now this is part, like you mentioned earlier, this is part of the 1% sales tax increase put to voters later this year. I wanted to give you a moment to give your best pitch to voters on why they should vote in favor. Of the 1% sales tax? Of the 1% sales tax. Yeah, so every five years we put a uh, continuance question on the ballot. Uh, should we continue to have uh, this 1% and continue to have 5% uh, sales tax here in Juneau? Um, we use that 1% uh, for projects. Uh, and the assembly right now is wrangling on what list of projects to pose to the voters. Um, everybody pays for it when we buy things. Our, our visitors to town pay for some of that sales tax. Uh, it's a big revenue source. 1% of sales tax uh, for five years is projected to be worth about $60 million. Uh, historically, we have funded uh, all kinds of things, uh, renovations, upgrades to existing buildings, uh, we've supported the water and wastewater utilities, keep rates down. Uh, we built a uh, modern public works maintenance shop so that we can take care of our uh, street maintenance equipment. We funded renovations, a swimming pool. Uh, we put money in uh, affordable housing fund for grants to try and get more housing. Uh, we've, in the past, we've uh, done upgrades at the airport. The project at Bartlett right now, uh, the uh, behavioral health project for uh, drug and alcohol rehab that you see on Egan Drive that's partially funded with the sales tax. Uh, we do all kinds of good things for the community with it. 
so the pitch to the voters is uh, you support that sales tax. We're going to have a list of capital projects that we're going to do, and your tax rate will just stay the same. And what are some of the big, big uh, ticket items right now on that list? So we've got a list that the assembly is scoring right now. So they're, they're looking at the list, and they're going to rank them. Uh, and then on June 27th at the Committee of the Whole, uh, they'll work through that list and decide uh, what to present to the voters. It's, for the most part, a long list of maintenance needs. So it's more building maintenance. We've got lots of uh, buildings that, that need, you know, new roofs and, you know, blown windows and insulation and energy upgrades. Uh, it's upgrades and repairs to our parks. Um, you know, our parks are... Are, are well used and well loved by the the public. Uh, there would be funding for the harbor system. Harbors would like to continue to work on uh, Aurora Harbor. Um, there, a whole list of ideas, hundred million dollars uh, worth of good ideas. And as I said to the assembly in an email the other day, uh, the other day, uh, let the best ideas win. Now, what would happen? If this, if this temporary increase was not approved this year, so if it was not approved, uh, our sales tax would go down to four uh, percent, and we would have to figure out uh, how to fund a lot of those maintenance type issues. Um, and included in there is maintenance for some of our school facilities as well. Uh, it's been a regular funding source for a lot of those maintenance activities, and it's always a blend of you know must do type things uh as well as desired uh community activities so it would have to come out of the general fund i imagine huh it would have to come out of the general fund so and that's a 60 million dollar bite uh over five years over five years yeah so it would be you know just it's the one percent of sales tax is maybe approaching 11 million now and by the end of five years it's maybe going to be a little over 12 million but average uh 12 million so Annually, we would have $12 million less to do those types of good things. But to zoom out from the 1% sales tax discussion, we heard from the Juno delegation that there's nigh $10 million in capital funding that could come to Juno from the state. How nice it is, is it that, they'll, that that funding will flow? It's great. So I'm glad that the legislature has approved a capital budget. We'll be waiting for uh, the governor's action on approving the budget. I think he might be uh, announcing some actions today. Um, uh, I think that was the the word that I'd heard. Uh, you know, in the in the state capital budget so far is five million dollars for the North State Office Building parking garage, which is a parking garage that's kind of crumbling and falling down. You know, I think they can't even power wash the concrete because uh, chunks of concrete start blowing out. Uh, so the idea there is maybe that old structure gets torn down and a more efficient parking garage gets built. So grant to the CBJ to try and figure out what to do with that. Uh, we've got a grant in the harbor uh, matching uh, program for Aurora Harbor, a couple million dollars. Uh, we've got a school roof project in there. Uh, delegation was able to secure a bunch of money uh, around the region and for other entities in Juneau as well. So not nice that the state uh, is back on track having a capital budget. Well, we'll keep an ear to the ground on the move from the governor. I heard he had got the budget transmitted to him just this week. So, Well, he certainly knows what's in the budget. So there's like a formality where, uh, you know, the legislature transmits the budget, and he's got 20 days, not counting Sundays. Um, 
he certainly knows, and you know, he's got the opportunity to convey to the public what he's going to do. You know, and uh, doesn't ha- doesn't have to be you know the 20 days is kind of a legal requirement. Whereas if he wants to hold a press conference and communicate what he's going to do, uh, he can do that. He's the governor. Indeed. So, Rory, the assembly took up the discussion on short-term rentals. How much work needs to be done to get the city up to speed on these, would you figure? Well, it depends what we want to do. So short-term rentals uh, attract a lot of attention uh, because they're, you're kind of visible, and you can, you can see units coming uh, out of the rental market, um, long-term rentals, so people who are renting for living in Juneau and going into the short-term market for uh, independent travelers. Um, we have big housing problems uh, in terms of not having enough housing and not having enough housing under development and the whole economics of building housing, supply chain issues, uh, labor issues for construction. And in saying housing, we're talking about long-term, like somebody living. Long-term. Yeah. I'm talking long-term housing. I'm talking everything from you know, single-family homes up to you know, multi-unit apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in particular, uh, Juno collectively has been very unsuccessful in getting multifamily apartment buildings developed. Um, we have some movement in the single family market, higher end homes, um, but we really don't have movement in what we would call affordable housing. Um, anyway, back to your question mm-hmm. on short term rentals. You know, we kind of have to decide as a community what our policy and approach is on that. Some people or some uh, towns approach short-term rentals uh, around taxation issues, um, you know, to make sure that the sales tax, hotel bed tax is properly being paid. Um, It's a rapid dynamic, you know, moving issue where you can put something on Airbnb for a couple weeks and take it down, right? It's not like a fixed base hotel. Um, Some people uh, regulate Uh, short-term rentals because of neighborhood impacts, community impacts. Uh, So you're going to get this commercial activity in a residential neighborhood. Uh, And maybe maybe if your next-door neighbor is a short-term rental that's rolling over every three or four days, that's a very different type of community impact than person who lives there, uh, whether owning or rental. Um, and, and I think uh, our, our approach and consideration is, our concern is it's uh, pinching an already tight housing market by pulling units out, uh, out of the market that uh, we want to be available for people who, who live and work here. And if, if you don't mind me saying, it seems like you got a tricky job ahead of you because Mayor Weldon had mentioned that we do also have a short-term rental market of sorts in Juneau. Where, we do. Where there's legislators and, as you mentioned, independent travelers. This is very tricky. We talk about liking independent travelers. Well, independent travelers like uh, short-term, short-term rentals. rentals, right? They go hand in hand. Uh, we've got the legislature, right? We short-term rentals is a good opportunity for legislators you know we want to make sure that legislators and and their staff have lots of options it's a very very fine line to walk Uh, we have a number of people in the community that have seen a uh, a business opportunity even if it's a small business opportunity and they've invested in an apartment and uh, you know that might be part of their family income um, it's a very fine line to walk, very tricky uh, topic. But we're not on the part yet of regulating. We're just trying to 
get an idea? We're trying to get an idea. So uh, at a committee meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, the assembly uh, decided to uh, ask for an ordinance that will require registration. And, and, and if we approve that, that registration will get us a lot of information. How many units, how many nights a year are they used? Are we talking lots of mom and pop operations with you know, a unit or two units? Or is this becoming a, a business model where, where people are running uh, businesses with lots of short-term rental units? All those kinds of things. We just don't know. Uh, the other thing that uh, the assembly asked for was an appropriation ordinance so that we could um, uh, have a software service that will crawl all those websites and pull data back towards us. Yeah, because when you look up short-term rentals, you get all sorts of listings. Yeah, I mean there are, there are many platforms where you can you can go you can go uh, you know the big ones obviously are Airbnb and Verbo um, can be on Craigslist can be in Booking.com you can see it on Travelocity you know I th- I, I heard somebody mention. Uh, 40 is the number of places where you could find short-term rentals and a short-term rental could be everything from you know you Kevin you know you're going on vacation for a week and you rent out your place while you're gone Mm -hmm. to uh, somebody renting something out year-round well we'll go ahead and take up other matters after the break Rory does that sound good sounds great thank Uh, you okay one moment And we're back with Juno City Manager Rory Watt. Now, I saw that a number of organizations are involved in this floor sealant investigation at Glacier Valley, one of them being the city. Are you able to share what your investigation is entails? Yeah, you bet. I can, I can talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, I mean, I think the first thing that, that I've got to say is this can't happen. You know, this is just so unacceptable. Can cannot happen. Uh, with regard to in, investigation, you know, it's a, it's it's complicated uh, in that um, the the city uh, does provide services to the school district, so there's a little bit of overlap. Uh, so our municipal attorney is the school district's attorney as well. So he advises the the board uh, and the district. Uh, I have an employee who's our risk manager, uh, and she is the one that purchases and manages all of our insurance policies for the city, Bartlett, school district, airport, all, all of that. Um, so so we're, we're involved in it from an insurance standpoint. Uh, we also have a city employee who's a safety officer, uh, and, and he provides safety planning and evaluation services you know, across all those city entities as well. Um, so, you know, when I heard that this had happened, uh, we immediately tasked the risk manager who has the safety officer reporting to her to go do an investigation. So our risk manager uh, is, is doing a report from that standpoint. I also called the police chief and, and I said, look, you got to look into this. And he, he uh, said, absolutely. You know, so the, from a police standpoint, um, you know, you look into serious things like this and you treat it very seriously to determine uh, whether there was a crime, whether there was negligence, or whether it was just simple human error. Uh, so uh, there'll be a police report on that as well. 
uh, school board, uh, I think, is meeting at noon today, uh, and I think they're going to have the uh, food service management company uh, there, and I think the school board is going to be discussing uh, how to move forward. And so there's, like you said at the very opening, this can't happen again. Cannot. But this is mainly on the hands of the district and not the city on on this part, right? It's a district. Yeah. It's you know, it's a it's a school facility that they operate uh, and manage. It's it's our children uh, under their custody. Uh, it's it's the school district. Uh, we're there to help and support. Uh, and we also provide services to the school district. And I know this is still an open investigation, so additional details can't be provided right now, Ryan. Yeah, I, yes. Um, I, I think um, you have to look at this and you have to like think about it in order of hierarchy. Kids were harmed. Are, there, are those kids okay? Have we figured out how to make sure that kids are not going to be harmed again? Then you're kind of on this fact-finding uh, mission. Exactly how did this happen, this bizarre sequence of events? You're also trying to unpeel uh, the legal issues. You know, who's responsible? Because clearly there was a, a problem. Uh, and then you're, then you're talking about uh, how do we manage this moving forward? Um, you know, I think in, in the school district's defense, um, they got caught in the crosshairs cross, uh, of... Uh, a very strange situation. Um, social media moves very fast. It's very difficult to communicate to the public rapidly on this kind of thing. Uh, I think they did not communicate uh, quickly enough uh, to the parents of the children that were affected. Uh, I think there'll be a complete uh, debrief and postmortem, and that's the duty of the school board, and that's what they're working on. And so if the risk manager works with insurance and handles the insurance policies in the district i imagine they need to be notified as soon as possible too as soon as possible was that done uh i don't think as soon as it should have been done okay well on a different note rory fourth of july is next month fourth of Uh, july is next month what's the word on fireworks Ooh, well, uh, I'll dodge that momentarily. So the parade is getting scheduled, okay. and everything looks good for the parade on the 4th of July. Uh, fireworks, I think we might be subject to a supply chain problem, and I don't know that the fireworks are going to arrive on time. Uh, so we are closely monitoring that situation, uh, and we're going to be working with the festival committee uh, to figure out what to do uh, if the fireworks don't show up on time. And so what about personal use fireworks? Are rules still in place for those? No, no change on those. And so if I can summarize, um, it's the good neighbor policy. Please, you know, I know people, some people love fireworks and they are fun, but not everybody loves fireworks. And not every pet loves fireworks. So, so please, if you're in the camp of liking fireworks, it's the good neighbor policy. Please try to be civil and courteous to your, your neighbors. So as we're wrapping up here, I understand some of the committees at the city fell short of applicants. Oh, for some of our boards and commissions. Yes. Yeah, the assembly, uh, you know, there was a little hole in their schedule, and so they quickly filled it with uh, the full assembly sitting as the Human Resources Committee to fill some board seats. 
uh, and and I, we were short. Uh, you know, the clerk always has a long list of uh, board seats, so we're always looking for people that want to volunteer their time. Remember, the city runs everything from, uh, you know, we've got the elected officials, the assembly, and the school board, and we've got an election coming up. Uh, but we also have citizens who volunteer their time for the planning commission, the hospital board, the airport board, the docks and harbors board, uh, and dozens of others. Uh, smaller boards and, and committees. So uh, visit the city clerk's website uh, if you feel like uh, supporting your community. We have a lot of need for that. Is there anything you'd like to add, Rory? No, I uh, just, you know, I'm glad summer's here. Uh, last, uh, last weekend was a little rainy and cold for me, so I'll take this uh, lovely weather and, uh, you know, uh, happy to be on the air and answer questions and, and try and help the public understand what the city's up to. Well, thank you for being available for that. Yeah, you bet, anytime. Well, that's the program, folks. It's June 17th, and thank you for tuning in today. The next program on Monday, we'll have Sea Alaska Corporation on, so be sure to tune into that. They've got their annual meeting coming up. This is Kevin Allen, Fraction Line, signing off.